Up and Jay Hood on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. That's why I see Good morning and welcome into the Cap and Jay Hood Morning Show here on ESPN 1000 and streaming on the ESPN Chicago app. With Jesse Rogers in for Cap, I'm Jay Hood. Glad to have you in with us here on this Friday morning, Michael Jordan Day 2 3, 2023. It's now time for Shot or No Shot. And here's Shay Norling. Shay? Morning, boys. Jesse, good to see you again. Filling in for Kaplan. You too, Shay. What's happening, it's been a pal? a nice little mini vacation for me, a little reprieve <laughs> from David Kaplan. I thought you were going to say for the listeners. No, I'm oh. <laughs> Certainly for them. That goes without saying. No, that, we are oh. joking because I texted Cap yesterday, told him to feel better, and he said he was, and hopefully he'll be back Monday. I spoke with him a little bit last night. It sounds like he's feeling a little better. Yeah. So we're good, good to hear. I talked to my friend yesterday, and... He wasn't eating, and I said, "You're taking this soda thing way too seriously." Right, seriously. Right. <laughs> when you're sick, you need to you need to add some protein. <laughs> yes, I said, "You got to eat, my friend." I'm just telling you, I'm feeling better, but I'm just not hungry. I go, I said. He goes, I, I said, "Well, how about a little lentil? How about a little soup?" He goes, "Not really a soup guy." I'm like, your name's David Kaplan. You're not a soup guy? <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm sorry, are you serious? It's like telling, hey, J.O., do you want a rack of ribs? No, I'm just not into I'm just not into pork. No, I'm, ta- I'm, just ta- can't do that. I'm not ta- much of a barbecue guy. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> he's like, oh, are you kidding me? So I think he's doing better. So I hope my friend is going to be uh, healthy and ready to go for this weekend uh, into next week as we turn it over to Shay with Shot or No Shot. All right, here we go. All right, well, we talked about this in the first hour. It is Michael Jordan Day, and it's fitting that it happens the same week as Tom Brady's retirement. It's been a gift in Sports Talk Radio across the country. Everybody's been asking the question, who is the goat of goats? So my question for you, shot or no shot, even with Brady's seven rings, the goat of goats is still Michael Jordan. Come on. You're asking asking the question the wrong city and to two of the wrong people. Shot. Michael Jordan is the goat. Yeah, you know, there's so many people in the in the lazy conversation. Would you let the mic go? What are, you, what are you, Elvis? Well, it's, let the it's, mic go. It's a little limp. Okay, that's fine. But you didn't, and the microphone. You don't have to hold the mic like that. Are you, are you a rock star? Yeah. Just hold on. Just just talk into it. Yeah. Let me tell you my thoughts. <laughs> well, because Rogers. every time I, I let go of it, it gets it goes limp. Just your honors. Look at me. Stop. Would you just just. All right, God, the there coffee. You, go. you just—I mean, this time of morning, you're just so antsy. <laughs> my God, it is man. my third cup. You're right. About God, that. man, you make a cup of coffee nervous. <laughs> okay, so that is a shot that he is that Jordan is the goat of goats. Six championships in eight years. Many people lazily just look at championships and only count that because it's not about how Jordan's won the most championships because that would go to um, to Bill Russell, eleven championships in thirteen years, two as a coach. So to me, because he was the ultimate winner, he is the goat of goats. And and Tom Brady with his seven championships is great, but I think it starts with Michael. I really do. And I'll say this in all seriousness. The rules changed in the middle of Tom Brady's career to allow him to play this long. Mm-hmm. Okay? That's it's almost comparing apples and oranges. The game completely changed. You can't touch the quarterback. And he succeeded later in his career because of that where Michael was Michael from start to finish. Sure. Just quick, I saw somebody on Twitter say uh, Brady hit like age 35 and they gave him Gronk. And he goes, oh my God, this guy's nuts. I'm going another 10 years. (laughs) Yeah, he finally got someone he could depend on, like the only Hall of Famer he could depend on offensively. That's the, The greatness of Brady is because he did more with less than any quarterback I've ever seen. 
We grew up with Elway and Montana and Fouts and Moon and Plunkett and, and Marino, all these great quarterbacks, right? But they all had all pros or Hall of Famers that played with them. Look at what he had. He had Edelman. He just had just, I mean, he had Randy Moss for the one year, but, but I'm saying right. that for the most part, he had just guys from the bottom shelf that Belichick was just throwing there just to screw him up. Yeah, that's what he did. Yeah, you're not wrong. Most of the great quarterbacks had a receiver tied to him. Tight end. Right. This is, this is the, Gronkowski's right? as close Montana as it comes. Montana had Rice. Yeah. Peyton had Reggie Wayne <laughs> and Marvin Harrison. And what, and what did Brady have besides Gronk? That's it. For, for the length of his career. Yeah. He had Moss the one year, like you said. Yeah. So, Shay. All right. Jeff Hughes reported on Twitter yesterday the Bears have already been floated two offers for the number one pick in the NFL draft. That really is not surprising. But what is, neither of the two teams that sent offers were the Colts or the Texans. So, with the Tom Brady retirement, it's possible quarterback starved teams from deeper in the draft are getting desperate to move up, shot or no shot. The Bears really could get a much larger haul for the number one pick than we've been talking about. I'm going shot because they could trade down twice. And if they do that, they're really going to get a haul. Um, But even if they trade once, they're going to get a haul. So I say shot, yes. I say there's so many bad teams without quarterbacks that someone might be desperate enough. So as a baseball guy, so what would be the, the grand slam, the home run? Yeah, I think we talked about it with Black and Abdallah a little bit during crosstalk. I think that the grand slam is multiple first-round picks next year besides their own. Mm-hmm. That would be the grand slam because that's maybe trading down twice and getting two teams first-round picks from 24 or something close to that, some combination of 23 and 24 where you end up with maybe four first-round picks. Three at the worst. That's a grand slam. If you get, if you just stay, stand pat with your number one pick, what is that? Is it a single or a double down the left field line? Because Jalen Carter could be generational, it's at least a double. But I should say this: it's at least a double, but maybe no more than a double because they need so many players. Now again, it, it, that's if Jalen Carter is generational. If he's just really good, that's a single. That's all that is is a single because it's not enough when you have the first overall pick. So I don't like him keeping it. At most, he hits a double. Okay, so what if you are able to just trade down and get more picks for this year and not for next year? Is that that's it, closer it, to a triple? That's a triple, triple, right? Maybe a homer if you if you're getting two firsts and two seconds from this year, mm-hmm. something crazy. You trade down, get your own, get someone else's, add a couple seconds. You know, somehow that's the triple or homer. The grand slam is. This year you get whatever, yep. but then two more first rounds next year, or maybe somehow getting your own and two more next year. I think it would be smart for them to go down and be able to get and to be able to uh, get more picks. I'm not sure if polls will do that. I don't know because I don't know his trading and drafting philosophy yet. I have no because no. he's so new. No, we don't really know. Uh, so I have no idea. Right, we talked about this yesterday. I was sent calling him a riverboat gambler. Like, how can you call him that? We don't know. But I'm just guessing this is what he's going to do. He's going to trade down, and he's not going to spend all his cap money this year. He's not going to spend all his draft capital this year. It's going to be a two-year process. Shay. All right, as much as we're going to talk about the draft for the next few months... Free agency does come first. Pro Football Focus released their contract projections for NFL free agents, including Bears running back David Montgomery. The projection for Monty, three years, $19.5 million. The first two years fully guaranteed at $12 million. Mm-hmm. That puts Monty at $6.5 million per year. Shot or no shot, at that number, the Bears need to bring him back. At that number, that's a shot. But I'm biased, though, because I love David Montgomery. <laughs> I just think that he's the hardest working player 
one of the hardest working players for this Bears team. When he carries the football, Jesse, uh, it, he carries it like it's going to be his last carry. Yeah, he does. I think he, play, he plays that hard. I know we've seen a lot better uh, running backs in our lifetime with the Bears, but I like his effort. He tries. He cares. He gives a damn when he's out there, yeah. even in a losing effort. I'm reluctantly going to say no shot. I, I, I like that number. It's not a bad number. It's a good number. I just think it's it's time to turn the page um, and, and use that money elsewhere. Um, it's probably a longer story than just to talk right now. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be just a little contrarian and say no shot. I, I, I like him, but I just don't like to want to resign him. So you believe that anybody can run the football for the Bears? Not anybody, but I like Herbert's explosive, explosiveness more than Montgomery. And you can find a guy that runs hard like Montgomery somewhere else for, for, for cheaper. That's just me just appreciating Montgomery No, I get much. it, and, and I'm I, saying and it I, re- reluctantly. And I, and I think it's a sweetheart deal, actually. Yeah, it is a decent deal. It is a decent deal. If there's any more than that, I'd definitely say no. I'd at least consider it that number, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say no shot, be a little different. $19.5 third year not guaranteed. I think I'm in, and yeah. I'm against the second contract for a running back, but that feels like a second contract that's adjusted for the fact that they usually don't work out. Yeah, You're right, Shay. You're right. And as, as someone who tries to do this, Shay, as you well know, with a little perspective, right? When the Bears are good, he won't be here. But while you're trying to tread water and try to figure out who you are as a franchise, why not have someone dynamic back there with Fields? That's all I'm saying. Like, and here's a guy here that loves Roquan Smith and let it go. People thought, oh, Hood's just going to be, you know, falling on the ground and crying because. Of, and I said, hey, I want him to be here, but if he doesn't fit, that's fine. I want him to be here, but it didn't work out. So with Montgomery, because of the dollar amount you just gave. I think that's fair for a year. Okay, it's interesting. And you can cut him at any time. Because we said this before the show. I mentioned it. It reminds me of the Cubs a little bit in this moment. Cubs have added some just fill-in guys, transitional guys. I saw that. You know, Mancini and Bellinger, just here for a year kind of guys. So could that be what Montgomery is just kind of – he's taking that second running back slot. They're going to bring it. Maybe Andre Hopkins is a year or two guy. Yeah. And it's really about what they're going to look like in two years, not in 23. Yeah, that's what so, I – that's what I, can, I, mean. I can get that. Shay, got one more? Can you slide in? Yeah, let's get some in here. It's finally, Hoodie, one of the best seasons of the year. Girl Scout cookie season. The ah. most popular, of course, are the Thin Mints, which account for 25% of all Girl Scout cookie sales. Tagalongs, Dosi Dos, and Samoas round out the top four. My question, shot or no shot, Thin Mints are the best Girl Scout cookie. That's a shot for me. Put it in the refrigerator. Oh. <laughs> I'm going to agree with you. That's, oh, that's a shot for me too. But but I got to put it in the fridge though. Definitely. Yeah, because it has that 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 cold, that cool feel. Want you? Yeah, I like it. Do you remember the last time you had one? Been a while. It's been a long time. Been a while. Yeah. So that's not us asking for some, but if you want to send us some, <laughs> we're going to put them in the freezer and take them out. I'm with you. Exactly. That thin mints, cold. <laughs> Is that thing like when you bring out Wild West Rogers coming in there <laughs> looking for the free food? Come on down, bring me a beef sandwich, <laughs> buddy. But this is Girl Scout cookies I'm asking for. <laughs> That's unbelievable, Jesse. Like it's 1994, asking for the free food. Bring it down to the studio. That's when they okay, especially buddy. like free Girl Scout. They cookies. didn't really enforce payola back then. No, try, it, Jess, it's five dollars a box. These I poor know, Girl Scouts are trying to meet a quota. Jesse's like, give them to me free. 
Oh, are you kidding me? Jesse's still got his communion money. He's not even Catholic. Well, if it's free, it's me is the phrase that I uh, want in my tombstone. <laughs> so, are you kidding me? He's still got all his money. He's not going to spend it if he didn't have to. He's Jesse Rogers. He's the fastest man in Northbrook. All right, I, come, coming I, up. Go I ahead. did spend on those Iowa tickets. I, got, <laughs> I did oh, not get those for free. Oh, boy. We've got to talk about that. Oh, boy. Stay by listening to Vice for that. This is going to be quite a story. Around the National Football League with Jesse Rogers in for cap. I'm Jay Hood. You're listening to ESPN 1000 and 100.3 FM HD2. Chicago's home for sports on Twitter at ESPN 1000. Cap and Jay Hood are back on ESPN Chicago. Chicago's home for sports. Nick Foles sucks. He sucks. I'm just a fan. I'm not a football evaluator. I love the Green Bay Packers. The guy is drunk, but there he goes. This is not Detroit, man. This is the Super Bowl. I want winners. He starts to come and he pulls out. This is a really thickly built guy. I mean... What's the answer you're looking for on these things here? Time to go around the National Football League. Along with Jesse Rogers in for Cap, I'm Jay Hood. Here on the Cap and Jay Hood Morning Show. Still to come, we'll hear from Courtney Cronin and her thoughts about Tom Brady's retirement and some of the other storylines around the National Football League. But now, we turn it over to Shay Norling with Around the NFL. Shay? I always like to get a little Aaron Rodgers in. I know our Twitch listeners hate it, but I love it. And this guy just can't help himself. Hoodie, he's golfing at Pebble Beach. And somebody asks him a very simple question. What was his answer? Hi, Aaron. Hi, Colt. Got any news you want to share with us? (laughs) Not going to San Fran. (laughs) Now, why would Aaron Rodgers? I mean, you know, are you going to San Fran? And he says, I'm not going to San Fran. Is that rumor innuendo? Yes, it is. I mean, didn't uh, what, what's your bet? What, what, where would you put your money on where he ends up? Green Bay. Really? Yeah. I actually think this time he's gone. No, it's Green Bay. I'm with you, Jess. I think I, he's I, out. But you know what? I would not be surprised because he likes to mess with us. And uh, what did I use the words yesterday? Prima Donna. Yes. He I mean, fits his, his M.O. perfectly. I, 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 I think the Raiders make, make sense. They you, seem like a team that would grab him. You guys always fall for the banana in the tailpipe. I know. How many years are you going to fall for this? You're right. He's just the employee that likes to bitch about his job. He likes the attention. Everybody listening has one of those people. He likes the attention. Everyone has one of those in this in their business, in their job, where it's like, I hate this place. Why do I keep coming here? Because you're trying to support you and your family. That's why. Yeah. You clown. That's why. Aaron Rodgers on McAfee. I think so. I mean, it sounds like there's already conversations going on that aren't involving me, which are interesting. Honestly, I've been insulated to a lot of that. Like I said, I was in in Nashville, and and then I'll be up here, uh, you know, this week playing in the tournament. So uh, I'm not a part of those conversations right now. When I make up my mind one way or another, then uh, you guys and Packers, not in that order, but and everybody else will will know at some point. (laughs) Okay. He'll be back with the Packers. Because he likes the bench and likes to, you know, complain about the Packers and, and then part of those conversations. and Time to sever sever the – just let's well, get well, the would, divorce over with. Well, I would agree, but, I mean, guess who he is. It and, is who and, he is. And how much money did you tell me? How much money's on the 58 line? $58 million, $56 million he's owed. Something well, it's like that. his. that's his money no matter where he yeah, goes, right, really. But right. So for him, it doesn't matter. I just think we shouldn't ignore history. It's eerie how similar this is to what happened with Favre. We won't trade you in the NFC per the Packers, but they will explore trade options. Reporting around the league says that they're convinced the Packers front office has decided it's time to go in a new direction. 
The Jets need a quarterback. Uh, there, there are plenty of AFC teams, man. And it's just like, like I said, the it's Raiders. Very strange how similar this is to what happened at the end with Favre. I'm just telling you from my standpoint, Jesse, Shay, Jay Moore. I can't go laterally in my career if I'm Aaron Rodgers. I have to find the right spot. If San Francisco is not the right spot, then what is? Well, we didn't know that Tampa Bay was going to be the right spot for Brady. We didn't know that for sure. Um, I think the Raiders have untapped potential. I think their biggest problem is their head coach. But uh, the Jets have a great defense. I I don't know if these are all lateral moves. The Jets? They have a great defense. The Jets. They They have a great defense. It was a top three defense in football. Yeah. Yeah, but he doesn't play defense. Right, because right. That that's helps. why that helps. They need him on offense. I mean, they played pretty good when Mike White was the quarterback, to be honest. You got Garrett Wilson. You got Brees Hall. You got some nice little weapons put together, a decent offensive line. It's not a terrible fit. San Francisco, Hoodie just holds that grudge. He said they didn't draft him. I won't play for them. They had a chance to draft me, California guy, and they said, no, I'm not going to play for them. I mean, San Francisco's got quarterbacks coming out of their butt. I mean, they, they're fine. <laughs> What's wrong with Mr. Irrelevant? Or if the other guy gets healthy. I heard the 49ers have a nice butt, though. I like it. <laughs> nice tight jeans. They make those pants, too. The gold pants make a butt look good. <laughs> Mr. Gold Jeans. Here's Shay Norling. Shay? Uh, a warrant has been issued for the arrest of Cincinnati Bengals running back Joe Mixon on a complaint of misdemeanor aggravated menacing, according to court records. The complaint was filed in Ohio's Hamilton County, and apparently this happened the day before the AFC championship game. Yeah, that's what I oh, saw. It's he, actually one day before the divisional round against the Bills. Oh, the divisional round. Okay, and they they won that game. Um, and he was waving a gun or something. I think that was the case. Uh, he pointed Ooh. a gun at an individual and said the person should be popped in the face. Oof! At that, that's, he could be in a little trouble for that. That's bad if it's proven. And if it's aggravated menacing, shouldn't Cap be arrested? <laughs> Shay Norlet. Every day. <laughs> Every single day. Yes. You know, we just don't hear that very often, that that charge, aggravated menacing. That was what stood out to me. Yeah, right. So, that'd be, but that's just terrible, obviously. All right, what else do we have besides Joe Mixon? Derek Carr is performing what can only be called a power play on the mm-hmm. Vegas Raiders. Uh, there's the opportunity to extend the February 15th trigger date, if you're not aware. On February 15th, Derek Carr gets $45 million guaranteed. So the Raiders don't want him to be their quarterback. They've exiled him from the team. But they have until February 15th to figure something out. Derek Carr said, I'm good. I'm not going to move that date. And if they try to trade me somewhere I don't want to go, I will use my no-trade clause. He is going to kick them on his way out. And I don't blame him because they have treated him pretty poorly. The benching at the end of the year didn't make a lot of sense to me. What did I say earlier? Their problem is their head coach. I think Josh McDaniel was awful last year. Mm-hmm. You watched close games, all that stuff. Derek Carr, I think, is a good player. Stuck on a, in a bad organization. I don't blame him. You know, we talk about how certain quarterbacks, just like Aaron Rodgers, should go to Las Vegas, Jesse. But still, even everything would happen with John Gruden, even before that. That's still kind of a mess with the Raiders. They still haven't yeah. cleaned up their act. They they might have moved the franchise, but there's still issues in that front office. And if Aaron Aaron does his homework, maybe he realizes that's not the place to be. Yeah, I mean, and I think all of us like the idea that you can see the NFL in Vegas, but it's still not where it needs to be. The thing I always think about with the Raiders organization is, is undisciplined. I'm talking about on the field, mm-hmm. off the field, just undisciplined. 
And not saying that Rodgers couldn't make a difference there. Sure he could, because how about this? We take a look at the AFC West. Okay, so you have a Chargers team there with Herbert. I think the arrow's pointing up for him. We'll see if their head coach is going to last another year after this year, this upcoming season. We'll see. Kansas City is the class of the AFC West. So the Broncos, I think they're in a rebuilding stage, even with Sean Payton as their head coach. That's not... That's not worse to first to me. Not well, to they me. Might, they might think it is. But but for the Raiders, though, they got to figure out who they want to be. Yeah, that's true. That's, that's so important. Like, and by the way, I have no problem with Carr. I, I think, that, I think, that's kind of what I was saying. Yeah, I like Carr. Carr I think in a, with a fresh team, fresh coat of paint, I think he could be um, could be revived. 100%. I mean, what if he replaces uh, Brady and Tampa or something? Like, go sure. to a good organization. Sure. Um, I, I like Derek Carr. How about Rod? If you guys think Rodgers is going to leave, what Rod- Rodgers to Tampa? They're going to blow that team up. That team's no good. The offensive line stinks. He probably wouldn't want to follow money. Brady too, right? I don't think he'd want to. They got a lot of money locked up in places. I mean that that team's just. I don't think that's a good fit for anybody. They got to hit the reset button. We'll still still see Rodgers play, but his Super Bowl aspirations that's done. He'll never win another one. Ooh, maybe with the Jets. Jets! Stop with the Jets. <laughs> no, because it's the Brands. They have a defense. You know Jets. what? He's going to make Broadway Joe's career look about like what Broadway Joe's career actually looked like. Oh, for God's sake. Make sakes. him forget about that loser. I can't believe the numbers you made me look well, up. Well, it'll be interesting. Day. Think about this. Think, <laughs> think about this. It didn't work so That's much for Favre, but Brady leaves and wins. Peyton Manning leaves and wins. Like, okay, you want out. Now you got to raise the level of whatever organization you're going to, Aaron. There is something to be said for the quarterback leaving and winning elsewhere. It, do, it does it like matter? Does it prove that, well, the organization was either holding them back or not what propped them up? Like in the case of Brady, everybody said Belichick and the Patriots are what allowed him to do this. He goes to Tampa, wins immediately. People said with Peyton and in Indianapolis, they've never given him a defense or an offensive line. He goes to Denver, wins immediately. With Rodgers, it's always been the same thing. He's never had a defense. Is there something to be said for if he leaves and wins immediately? I, I, I think, oh, sure. Yeah, I think the change of scenery, if you still have talent, you know, everyone's going to wake up in that new organization. It's just there's a different vibe and feel when you're the when you're the great quarterback that moves like that. So I think there's something to all of that. It doesn't mean I don't know if Belichick was holding Brady back. Come on, but I think when you move on, you do sort of lighten the, the new the organization for up. Brady, to be fair, but yeah. All right, you got one more for us? Yeah, Hoodie, something we've talked about off the air a little bit this week, we just haven't gotten a chance to get into. A guy whose name has been in the head coaching circles for like three, four years now and just has not gotten that gig is now being passed around as a potential offensive coordinator, lateral move. Eric Bieniemy with the Chiefs. Ravens have put in a request to interview him. It's going all over the place. People want him to be their offensive coordinator. Nobody's interested in him being head coach. I'm of the opinion, one, that his history with uh, domestic violence, I think a decade ago, probably is holding him back in the circle in the head coaching circuit. And also, I think Andy Reid selected him to be the heir apparent. I think that that is true. And if you're a enemy, you want to hold on to that because that's a good job. Mahomes, if he stays there for another, what, seven, ten years, the door is wide open for the Kansas City to win more championships. If they win one this year, I think that people consider Mahomes like the LeBron of that sport in which the, the windows open for more championships. Yeah, I agree. If he's the heir apparent, I can understand him staying there. But it is an interesting decision to go somewhere else, prove you can win with another team. Now, all of a sudden, you have that much more on your resume. You don't have, you know, people might be just giving all the credit to Mahomes, where he goes and wins with the Jets or Patriots, whatever. 
that adds a little more cachet to it. You know what I mean? So if he's not the heir apparent, that's not a bad thought to, to even take that lateral move. Let's uh, discuss this real qu- briefly, too. So in Kansas City, does Andy Reid call the plays? Yeah, I think so. And Nagy is there kind of like as a whisperer to uh, Mahomes? That was what stood out to me watching the game. When Mahomes went to the sideline, the enemy wasn't in those meetings. He was talking to Nagy and he was talking to Andy Reid. Well, Nagy has to do something. Right? I mean, it's coffee. He's got to do something. So that's probably his job is to, I don't want to say cater to Mahomes, but be his sounding board during the games. All right, that's Around the NFL right here on Chicago's Home for Sports ESPN 1000. Coming up, Courtney Cronin will join us. We'll get her thoughts about some of the storylines around the NFL, including Tom Brady. Who replaces Brady? And also, what's up with the Bears as they make some um, moves with their coaching staff as well? All part of the mix. And don't forget, Jesse's got tickets. Jesse's got tickets. We'll tell you what kind of tickets coming up as we keep your company on the ride in to work. It's the Cap and J Hood Morning Show. Here's today's headlines Headlines. with Captain Jay Hood. DeMar DeRozan was named to his sixth All-Star team, his second as a Bull. The Bulls beat the Hornets last night at the United Center by a score of 114-98. to And Northwestern, go Cats, no Cats. They dropped their second straight with the home loss to Michigan. Jay Moore. Follow Chicago's Home for Sports on Twitch at ESPN 1000 Chicago. Cap and Jay Hood are back on Chicago's Home for Sports. ESPN Chicago. Cap and Jay Hood on ESPN 1000 and streaming on the ESPN Chicago app. With Jesse Rogers in for Cap, I'm Jay Hood. We got Greeny coming up at 10. Carmen and Yurko from 12 to 2. Waddle and Sylvie 2 to 6. And Black and Abdallah 6 to 8. I believe that is Carmen and uh, Mike North from 8 to 9. That's right. The ads couple. The ads couple. You know I what I mean? got some good picks. No, no. no football this weekend. No, I mean? No, I mean? I got some good picks from uh, at uh, starting 8 o'clock and then Freddie and Fitzsimmons right here on Chicago's Home for Sports. 312-332-3776 is our telephone number. Jesse, would you say that uh, we're, we're waiting on Courtney Cronin? She's mm-hmm. probably doing another TV hit. Right, she's I doing something. She's on Good Morning America. <laughs> um, um, would you say, at your age now, that you're still superstitious? Um, in the words of Joe Madden, I'm a little stitious. Uh, just a little I'm stitious. just a little stitious. Well, I, I would say a little bit. What are you superstitious about? I have a few things. Um, I've become a little superstitious about flying. Really? Yeah. Little, little it depends superstitious. On, it, well, if it's not first class, you get a little stitious. I get a little stitious if it's not first class. It's a re- <laughs> and for the record, it's rarely first class. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, I, I I I feel like I need a window seat. I get a little. I, I need I need to be looking out that window. Hmm. That kind of thing. So I'm a little stitious in in terms of flying. Some some things I I need to do. I cannot uh, pump my gas unless it's at an even number. Thirty-four bucks, right? Okay. If it's thirty-four bucks, it can't be thirty-three, thirty-four. 
that throws me off. I gotta get to the. I gotta round it out. <laughs> I love no, seriously. That. Like I'm, 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 I'm like playing bingo. Like I'm, it's got to be the even number. The got gas. It. I get it. It's got to the, the gas cannot be at thirty three dollars and thirty four cents. It's got to be thirty four. If I don't hit the thirty four and it goes over to oh one, we start the game all over again. <laughs> now what if you max out the tank and it's not? I'm still pumping. You still get. You know. Dude. Oh, you're one of those guys. Dude, dude. Dude. <laughs> spraying it into it's, the trash right, can. It's spilling out. <laughs> I gotta get to that even number. I am spraying it into the trash can. That's the norm for me. That's pretty funny. But nonetheless, that's how you, that's how that works. Right. Just, yeah, so I am superstitious about that. I feel like I haven't gotten my full gas experience unless it's at an even number. See, that's both of our stitches, if that's the word, are, are pretty random. Yes. Right? I need a. Why do I need a window seat? Why do you do that? Like athletes usually have a reason. They go. A guy went ten for eleven one week, and he he's Damn. wearing the same underwear. He's just superstitious, but. Ours are kind of random and weird. Right, Courtney. So it's the same thing here with like Derek Jeter on The Tonight Show uh, with Jimmy Fallon who says, I once wore a thong oh. in public in front of thousands of people. You're Derek Jeter. Yeah. We would have known. But I'm sure you have like a really well-sculpted bottom. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Were you so, talking to me or you were looking sorry, at Derek? I was, yeah, I, yeah, I, I you. Thank you. Right. It was not. My, wow. It was not my thong. It was not your thong and you... What, did you have anything else on? Him. I did. I say lie. I say lie. It is the truth. <laughs> so, so, Cordy, you know that story of Jason Giambi saying, hey, you know, if you're in a slump, wear this thong. And because <laughs> that was Jeter. Remember, Jeter went like old for. 30 or something like that. Just a horrible streak. Mm -hmm. Uh, And Yankees fans were all over him. They were cheering him when he got to the plate, and they booed him afterwards (laughs) when he struck out. And he put that thong on, and then all of a sudden he hits a home run his first at bat. So the question to you, Courtney, is are you superstitious? A little bit. I I do things by routine. Like the first thing I do when I come back in my apartment is I put my keys in a drawer in the exact same spot, and that's mostly just to make sure that I know where they are and that – I'm not, you know, going crazy looking for them, but there are certain things like I'm a big 11-11 gal. Whenever I see it, I make a wish, and whenever an eyelash falls out, and hopefully they don't, because you know we try to keep these things intact, which is why I don't want to have to use false eyelashes the rest of my life. But whenever one falls out, I make a wish, like because if you don't, then something bad's going to happen to you. That's just how I see it. So you know what I'm thinking about all these uh, ESPN radio shows you do. And it could be like in the midday, and you're do or late night, and you're doing and it's eleven eleven, and you're in mid sentence. What are you thinking? Because <laughs> you know how you are. You go onto a rant, and then it's like eleven eleven. Do you stop in the middle of your thoughts about the, you know the Chiefs' offense? How does how's that it's, work? Okay, I don't know if it's ever <laughs> happened in the middle of pontificating about something like that. But typically, I mean, if if it were to happen, I would absolutely wrap up my thought and throw it back to my co-host so I could get my wish off in that moment. <laughs> You're talking about the Chiefs and all of a sudden Freddie Coleman says, why did you stop that? You were, you were on a roll. What happened on ESPN Radio? <laughs> I, that's so an ex- excellent Freddie impersonation. You know? All right, so, so Shay, could you... We wanted to talk to you, Courtney, about a topic that um, that we were, ta- we're trying to get on the air, but we've got pockets of shows. We never get a chance to talk about all the stuff we want to talk about. But it's something about football we want to ask you about. So, Shay, ask- go ahead with your thoughts. Well, I saw the TV ratings come out for the AFC and NFC Championship game. And the AFC Championship game was a great game. We knew it was going to be crazy, 50 million people. Even the NFC Championship, which was a blowout, was something like 40, 45 million. Game's not even close, but the peak viewership was between 4 and 4.30 when the Eagles were already blowing them out. So my thought was, 
Half the games are blowouts. We all bitch about the officiating because it's terrible. And the technology's ancient, whether it's the replays, whether it's the inability to decide the spot of the ball, whatever. What is it about this sport that we all just keep coming back to as a country and everyone watches it? One I've been trying to figure out for a while because you know like what's coming up soon. More football, but no no. I don't know if the XFL is going to have the same ratings or the USFL second season in a row is going to have the same ratings as the NFL because once the premier product falls off, there's, there, there's not as much interest. And it's not that people don't love their football. People love the best football, the premier football, the, you know, the thing that happens when other stuff doesn't matter, when nobody's watching the NBA or college basketball. Like, that just shows you the staying power of the NFL. And frankly, I think quarterback play certainly helps with that. I mean, you had an Eagles team that was steamrolling the San Francisco 49ers, and it was Hurts having a really great game throwing the ball. I felt like the forward pass was kind of optional for both teams in that game. Mm-hmm. But it was just, it was the, it's the most complete team in the NFC. Like, you're getting your Goliath versus Goliath matchup in the Super Bowl. And I think that people want, there's a sect of the fan bases that want to see that. They don't really care about the upsets. They just want to see the greatness shine at, like, the highest level. And so, I mean, I st- and that's the thing. I ask myself that. I'm like, why am I still watching this game in the third quarter, going into the fourth quarter, when it's an absolute blowout, maybe it's the creature of habit in me, but it's like, oh, well, what if something happens? Because we've seen quick comebacks before. It's not completely unprecedented. I mean, go look at the Vikings and Colts game. Like, I had that game off at halftime. I turned it back on very quickly by the end of the third quarter when the Vikings were mounting the NFL's largest comeback. So I guess there's probably just some of that in all of us that are NFL fans that cover and follow the sport that you were just so conditioned to not not act like these games don't matter, especially when it's the NFC Championship. Like if it's Week 16 and a team, one of the teams is already out of the postseason, yeah, I could see viewership being hurt by those uh, by those factors, but not in a championship game, no matter the circumstances of what's going on with one team's quarterback. Yeah, I think that, you know, the bigger picture, you just go forget about the gambling for a second because that's huge, obviously. That's why people are watching the third and fourth quarter. But the sport in general, it's just, just so perfect. The, the once a week nature in the middle of winter around here yeah. on a Sunday afternoon, my, my answer would be, what else would you be doing? It's a live sporting event once a week in the middle of the winter. It lends itself to, to high viewership. It's over in three hours. You move on to the next thing. It's like it's the whole combination of, of things. Now, why is soccer more popular worldwide and football's more? I, you know, we can get into all that. But that's the, it. Just it, I think the answers are just obvious, and then you throw gambling into it as yeah, well. But but Jesse, I think I think the whole thing though, what Shay's getting at is, and I know no sport's perfect. How, how many times have we picked apart baseball yeah, and course. how baseball could be yeah. better and more modern for 2023? But with football, what he's talking about is with the technology that you have, how, how do you make these mistakes? How do you have these errors that happen in the Cincinnati game? Like if you put technology in place, things should be should always be working well. You, we still have a chain gang, for God's sakes. You got two guys with, that's carrying a chain around in 2023 when that could be done with technology. It's like some things, the game is the game, but some of the stuff around it seems archaic at times. Maybe, but forward progress can't be done 
by technology, right? Um, certain things still need that human touch. And when there's a human involved, there's going to be error. There's judgment. So I, I understand what you're saying. I think it's easier said than done to say that everything could be perfect because of technology. Hang on, Courtney. We want to talk to you more about some of the storylines around the National Football League. And still to come, Jesse's got tickets. Stay by your listening device. Jesse's got tickets. He might sell. That's next. Cap and Jay Hood on Chicago's Home for Sports. Cap and Jay Hood are back. Just when I thought I was out, they pulled me back in. On Chicago's Home for Sports. ESPN Chicago. Courtney Cronin. National Chicago Bears reporter for ESPN. I think you have to temper expectations if you are a Bears fan, just given everything that this team had to kind of undo. Breaking down the Bears and the latest NFL storylines. Team transcendent quarterback Russ is not this guy. You know, he's very legacy conscious. He wanted to go to Denver and build something and win a Super Bowl there. Courtney Cronin with Kevin J. Hood on ESPN 1000, Chicago's home for sports. Courtney Cronin hanging out with us on Cap and Jay Hood. Jesse's in for Cap here on Chicago's Home for Sports, ESPN 1000. Uh, Courtney, how is it that, uh, that not only are you on radio or television, but you're also on every bar and every restaurant when uh, you're on Around the Horn? That's got to be kind of cool, right? Your friends look up and say, hey, you beat Pablo Torre. <laughs> actually, actually, he beat me. He, he ripped off a dad joke there at the end of Showdown, and I couldn't stand a chance against that. I was just trying to talk about um, the 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 uh, 12 offensive rebounds that that player had, the Houston player had the other night. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I guess it was no match to the dad joke. So. You, you need uh, better writers, Courtney. You need better writers. I thought she won, though. <laughs> I thought, I thought, I thought, I think. A, I won in your heart. That's yes, all that matters. A salient point beats a dad joke every time, but that's just me. <laughs> so, so, so as far as, as far as Tom Brady and the quarterback situation, we were just talking about this the other day about you have, when I take a look at one whole division in the NFC South, in the right? NFC, yeah, the NFC South, where you don't you're bereft of any quality quarterback. There are some openings there with Derek Carr, with Aaron Rodgers, and others to be able to figure out where they want to go. I mean, as much as we laud the quarterback position, Courtney, there are some openings for a number of teams. Yeah, and I mean the NFC South itself was such a bad division this year because of the quarter play that it did have, and so. You change that around, you have a young team like Carolina that could go very quickly on the ascent if they get the quarterback spot right. Tampa Bay's got a lot of undoing. I think that has to be done. New, I mean, their entire coaching staff is gone, more or less, and they're going to have a new quarterback, a new system. But it's a great destination for free agents, certainly Florida, because of the tax implications on that and being a part of a team that still has some good pieces. I know Mike Evans is Still in the fold for now in Tampa Bay. We'll see if he's going to be on the move here this offseason. But Chris Godwin as well and Leonard Fournette, you know, still part of that team if they actually want to run the ball. But I say all of that to say, like, do we automatically assume that, I mean, they're a team that's not going to have as high of a draft pick to get a quarterback, at least one of the upper echelon ones in the first round this year. Might it be a stopgap year for them tank effectively and then try to go get one of the top draft picks uh, at the quarterback position next year because with Brady retiring, you know, they're still on the books for all of his dead cap what comes with that. So they're not going to have a whole ton of money to go get the big name free agent quarterback, whether that is an Aaron Rodgers, whether it ends up becoming Derek Carr or Jimmy Garoppolo. So I end up thinking that they effectively stay put for now and then they make their splash move next year. 
Who's the team in that division that could jump up next year? I kind of think the Panthers ended the season kind of on a high note. And if they figure out their quarterback situation, maybe that's the team next year. You're one quarterback away, Jesse, there from being a very good team. And as much as I hate what happened with Steve Wilkes, and I think it's, you know, it sucks, the circumstances for somebody to get this team, you know, in position to win the NFC South and they go a different direction at uh, head coach with Frank Reich. Like, two things can be true in there. You can be upset about the Steve Wilkes not getting his opportunity, but you can also, if you're a Panthers fan, be excited that Frank Reich is coming to man the offense and to design an offense around a quarterback and he'll have a say in who they take at nine. And you heard Dave Tepper, the owner of the Panthers the other day, say that they, in theory, want to draft and develop somebody. So if you're Ryan Poles, for example, you're listening to that and you're collecting all of this data on what GMs are saying around the league, what owners are saying around the league, to see what kind of leverage you will have in being able to pull off a big trade because that's a team that has a very young, good nucleus. They drafted Ike Iguanu last year. There's Jeremy Chin in the fold, J.C. Horn, D.J. Moore. Um, Brian Burns is still there. Like They've got young, good players and players that fought last year. I mean, when they start out one and six, they fire Matt Rule. I could absolutely see guys wanting to mail it in, realizing that the circumstances were about to change in a big way. But they fought for Steve Wilkes, so I think that you've got some young guys, and the buy-in won't be very hard to get from this Panthers team. And I'm not saying it's worst at first, but they can very quickly be on the trajectory to to grab a hold of that division again. Courtney, lastly, today is Michael Jordan Day. We talked about it in our earlier because it's two three twenty twenty three, so it's Michael Jordan Day uh, all over the world. If not all over the world, definitely the show. <laughs> so doing that, so. Okay, so the question we asked uh, our listeners in our first hour is, if we were seven or eight years old and you're the adult and you saw, you've seen highlights of Jordan, there's been great moments, what's the one moment that you explain to a kid, hey, this is why Michael Jordan's special? Because, you know, the kids of today are into LeBron, Steph Curry, and others. How would you describe to a young person Michael Jordan in a great moment? Man, I think you have to start with the flu game, right? Because, like, what's the message in sports that is constantly repeated? Like, battling through adversity, fighting through, like, circumstances that aren't so great, and whatever you think the real reason was behind the flu game. I mean, to pull off a performance like that, to be playing at your absolute best when you're not feeling all that great, no matter what the sport is, no matter what, you know, what circumstance, that's a life lesson. So I feel like something like that, I mean, on top, you can, you can start with the championships. You can talk about him coming back. You can talk about, you know, the dynasty that he built here. But I also think that there's just like those little moments of the metaphors and sports that we talk about so much and really just like those iconic stories that transcend Michael Jordan, they transcend basketball. Those are the stories that we, it's kind of like the basis for a lot of the stories we tell in journalism, like those sorts of moments. So I'd probably start there. Yeah, I picked that one too. I said the flu game because it was just a, a guy that would not be denied. And that really defined his entire career. And that came near the end of his career. And it still defined him at that moment. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I, now I, I saw people posting about it. I didn't know. I guess it's not a thing every year because it's not 2023 every year. But right. like, I've seen it on 223 before. But I like it. it makes me want to go back 
back and watch the last dance this weekend. Maybe I'll do that since there is no football on. And it's to Jesse's point, when it's cold out, what else are you going to do? Right. I, and, I, and I watched the last dance last weekend in between the football games. So, so crazy. There you go. What a great documentary. Double whammy. What yeah. a... <laughs> I love it. Courtney, as always, we appreciate it. We just want to get your perspective on one of our topics. So thanks for coming on. No problem. Take care, guys. Bye. All right. It is Courtney Cronin from ESPN with us here on Cap and J-Hood. Coming up next, it's Michael Jordan Day. We'll continue to take your phone calls on your Jordan moment. Jesse and I are eight years old. We're asking you the question, how do you describe Michael Jordan in one moment? And also, Jesse's got some tickets. <laughs> Jesse's got the tickets. hottest ticket of the weekend. Holy I bleep. had no idea. Man, you got some hot tickets. If you, ate, if you hate Iowa, we're going to give you another reason to hate Iowa. <laughs> uh, two minutes, Cap and J-Hood. Here we go.